Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Dave. Fifteen minutes into our latest math exam, the teacher suddenly started screaming, How dare you cheat in my class! Unacceptable! At first, I didn't realize he was talking to me. Until I looked up. I was speechless. I was shocked. Mr. Wilson, I'm not cheating, I stuttered, my voice trembling. What makes you think that I am? I've been watching you since we started. You keep looking at your friend's papers. You're cheating! He roared, grabbing my paper. I'm not going to report this to school administration, he continued with a smirk on his face. But if I catch you again, I won't be so easy on you. They'll see you expelled if this happens again. That smirk. I knew that horrible condescending smile. Mr. Wilson had done it again. He found something else to add to the list of things he could use to threaten me. Use his leverage to keep me as his errand boy. Mr. Wilson came to our school at the beginning of the year. I met him during the summer break before school started when he moved in next door to my house. My mom had prepared a fantastic cookie plate, as she does for every new neighbor. We went to say hello. That day, I found out that Mr. Wilson was a math teacher. His wife had also been a teacher for years, but she had retired. They didn't have any children. At the end of the visit, Mr. Wilson said, We sometimes need help around the house. Dave, you'd be willing to help out, wouldn't you? Of course, sir. Please don't hesitate to ask me, I replied. <laughs> At first, I was happy to help out, but the Wilsons kept asking me until I was doing practically everything for them. Dave, could you wash the car, please? Dave, could you throw out the trash? Dave, do you mind mowing the lawn? It wasn't long before polite requests turned into barking orders. Dave, I called you ten minutes ago. Where are you? Take the trash out now! Dave, you still haven't washed the car? I'm late for work because of you. Hurry up! At this point, I couldn't handle it anymore. So I started making excuses and avoiding their calls. But when school started, my heart sank. My assigned math teacher was Mr. Wilson. He started using every opportunity to threaten me, including false accusations of cheating on my tests. In exchange for not reporting me to the principal, I had to keep doing their chores at home. I didn't have a choice. We hold a garage sale in our neighborhood the first week of May every year. People who want to do a little spring cleaning sell their old clothes, kitchen utensils, books, and furniture. Mrs. Wilson called me the day before the garage sale, asking me to put their old stuff into cardboard boxes. She kept ordering me around for hours. When she was done, she said, Don't forget to come early tomorrow morning and take these boxes out to the front yard. I did what she asked me to do before leaving for school the next morning. My mom never really sells our old stuff. For some reason, she's always been more into buying from the neighbors. When I got back home from school, I saw that our front yard was filled with boxes. My mom said, Honey, I got some fabulous stuff from the neighborhood yard sale. Will you help me carry these boxes inside? I was exhausted, but I didn't want to say no to my mom. She just seemed so excited. Dave, look at this umbrella. It's got to be brand new. Oh, how about this? Miss Renee's brooch, at least 50 years old. Oh, and I didn't forget about you either. 
Apparently, Juline is a huge Stephen King fan. There's a box full of his books in the corner over there. Juline? I interrupted, surprised. You mean Mrs. Wilson? I helped pack every box for her yard sale. I didn't see any of these books. My mom shrugged. Juline said they were all Stephen King. Why don't you take them with you to your room? Before going to bed that night, I couldn't stop thinking about the books from Mrs. Wilson. I got up and opened the box. Sure enough, most of them were old Stephen King novels. I'd never read most of them, so I began to look through them one by one. Among the books, there was a notebook. Flipping through its pages, it contained a lot of notes in an alphabet I didn't recognize. Then I remembered that the Google Translate app can translate from an image. We relied on it pretty heavily when reading road signs during a family vacation in Cuba. I went on Google Translate, took a picture of the page, and searched the language. Turns out, the words in the notebook were Russian, but the translation didn't seem to make any sense. You have to be careful while buying an apple. Apples are blue. There's a goat behind you. What in the world could that mean? Was Google messing up the translation? I photographed another page. Still, nothing made any sense. An old printed photograph fell into my lap as I opened the next page. The young man in the photo resembled Mr. Wilson, but it wasn't actually him. The Mr. Wilson I knew had a wider chin and a smaller nose. The strange translations from the notebook started to confuse me even more with each new page. After photographing each one, I started pacing around the room. Could this be some kind of code? And even if it was, could anyone make sense out of these meaningless sentences? Suddenly, the doorbell rang, but it was almost midnight. Who could possibly be at the door this late at night? Shortly after, my mom came to my room. Dave, Mr. Wilson is at the door? He wants to look at the box of books I bought from them. He says they may have accidentally placed something inside they didn't mean to sell. I reached down to pick up the box, quickly slipping the notebook inside without my mom seeing. Mom, I was about to go to bed. Can you take the box out to him? I said, faking a yawn. The notebook must have been really important for Mr. Wilson if he'd showed up this late at night at our doorstep. I was intrigued. Luckily, I had taken pictures of each notebook page and the photo that had been tucked inside. I had a hunch that Mr. Wilson was hiding something. My thoughts ran wild about everything until I finally drifted off to sleep. While walking to the bus stop in the morning, I got a text from Mr. Wilson. Why didn't you take out the trash? I started burning with anger. But I didn't have a choice unless I wanted to risk getting expelled from school. I ran into him as he was getting into his car. I shouldn't have to tell you to take out the trash every morning, he growled. Just do it! With that, he drove away. I was sure he was headed to school. But of course, he wasn't the kind of person to offer me a ride. Even at full sprint, I couldn't catch the bus on time. So I had to use my lunch money to catch a city bus to get to school. Even then, I was sure I'd end up arriving late. During the ride, we stopped at a red light. I caught a glimpse of Mr. Wilson at a park by the road. He wasn't headed to school after all. He was sitting on a bench holding the notebook I had seen the night before. As the bus started moving again, I couldn't help but feel like something was off. I got off at the next stop and ran back to the park where I last saw him. Thankfully, he was still there, so I decided to watch him from a distance. After a while, Mr. Wilson got up and started walking deeper into the park. He left the notebook behind on the bench. A few moments later, another man came and sat on the bench. He picked up the notebook casually, as if it belonged to him, but he didn't look inside. He just casually watched people passing by for a good while. Finally, he got up and left, taking the notebook with him. Why had Mr. Wilson left the notebook on the bench? Who was the guy who took the notebook? Then I remembered. I took out my phone to look at the photo I had found inside the notebook. I immediately put it through a reverse image search. I gasped when I saw the results. FBI's Most Wanted was the first one listed. I clicked on the link right away. There were lots of photos on the page. From what I could gather, these were the most dangerous criminals wanted by the FBI. When I scrolled down, I saw him. Yuri Batalov, wanted for espionage on behalf of Russia. He was adopted by a U.S. citizen and moved to the U.S. from Moscow. The family had been arrested for leaking information to the USSR government in the 80s. They confessed to raising Yuri as a spy, but he had disappeared without a trace. He's still a fugitive. This is the only photo we have of him. He's believed to live in the U.S. 
The FBI is offering a reward of $250,000 for any tips leading to his arrest. I was shocked. I found the FBI's anonymous tip line through a Google search and told them about everything I'd seen. They were immediately interested. An hour later, two FBI agents showed up. They took the photos I had of the notebook. They said, don't speak to anyone about this matter. We'll take it from here. About a week later, we woke up to the sound of sirens. There were police cars everywhere. I ran outside. Mr. Wilson and his wife were handcuffed. I caught Mr. Wilson's gaze as he got into the police car and waved at him with a smirk <laughs> on my face. The next day, there were a lot of news stories in the media about the capture of the Russian spy Yuri Batalov, aka Mr. Wilson. Apparently, Mr. Wilson had his face changed with a series of plastic surgery procedures. That explained why the photo of his younger self didn't quite look like him. Apparently, he had still been leaking U.S. defense secrets to Russia with the help of four other spies working under him. The notebook was how he coded the messages. That explained the gibberish in the notebook and why he gave the notebook to some stranger at the park. Someone high up at the FBI called me to thank me personally. He asked for my parents' bank account details. The $250,000 reward was deposited soon after. Thanks to my tip, Yuri Batalov, who had also been on the FBI's most wanted list for years, had been caught. The FBI asked us to keep everything secret since it wouldn't be safe for me if I was a known informant. I told my family everything. We decided to use the reward as my college fund. The FBI also gave me a medal for distinguished service. It's something I'm very proud of, even if I can't show it to anyone. Plus, I don't have to wash the Wilson's car anymore. <laughs> I've been hit with paint, doused in spoiled milk, left speechless by blaring air horns, and so much more every single day. The world thinks it's funny, and maybe it is, from the outside looking in. But from my perspective, it's a never-ending nightmare. A nightmare that I was born into. And before you start with the, they're just pranks, bro, argument, let me tell you that when you're the victim of just a prank every day of your life, it stops being just a prank. It's psychological torture. Hey, yeah, that's me. Just to get you caught up on my story, my name is Jake, and my life has always been a bit, uh, over the top, as you can see. You see, my parents are professional pranksters. Yes, you heard right, professional pranksters. Most kids get grounded or sent to their room when they misbehave. Me? I get an air horn blast at 3 a.m. or a surprise tarantula in my cereal. Ever heard of Smith's Prank Palace on YouTube? Of course you have. A couple in their 40s acting like a pair of teenagers on spring break. And their punching bag? Yours truly. Dad always said, humor keeps you young. But at the expense of my dignity, it didn't seem all that funny. To paint you a full picture, this is how my conversations with my parents usually go. Getting ready for our next big prank? You better sleep with one eye open tonight, winky face. Did I mention they have a strange obsession with emoji text? I tell you, my life's one big joke. Literally. Oh, this is gonna be great. Our subscribers are gonna love this one. I just hope Jake remembers we do this out of love. And for views, of course. Yeah, love. That's what they call it. One day in middle school, I had my crush, Lily, coming over to work on a science project. I specifically remember pleading with my parents, no pranks today, okay? It's important. They'd given me their word. I should have known better. The doorbell rang. My heart pounded in my chest as I opened the door to Lily. A nervous smile on my face. Suddenly, there was a shower of sour milk from above, soaking us both. Lily, I... I stammered, horrified as she wiped milk off of her glasses. My parents popped out, cameras rolling, laughter echoing. Their apology video later that night garnered more views than the prank itself. This was it. I had it. The sour milk was my tipping point. Is YouTube more important to you than your son's dignity? I screamed at them, my face still stinging from the milk. We, we didn't realize it was that bad for you, John. Mom had stuttered. The camera's finally off, her face a mixture of surprise and concern. Now, I wish I could tell you that my life had gotten better after the sour milk incident, that my parents backed off with the pranks, or that I somehow turned into the most popular kid in high school. But nope. Instead, my life had turned into a living hell of never-ending embarrassment, courtesy of Smith's Pranks Palace. From dad pretending to faint in the middle of my freshman orientation, their video titled, Hilarious Prank at High School Orientation, Must Watch, 5 Million Views, to mom barging into my chemistry class dressed as an alien, 
The video titled, Crashing High School Class in Alien Suit, Epic Reaction, earned a trending spot. My high school years were a montage of mortification. But the worst part wasn't the embarrassment or the name calling. It was the pity, the sympathetic glances from teachers, the awkward conversations with the school counselor. How are you handling your home situation, John? They'd ask. And so I became a bit of a loner, the prank palace boy who ate lunch in the library and avoided eye contact. And then there were the comments on YouTube. Poor kid, they'd say, or how does he put up with them? And my personal favorite, I'd die if I were him. Every ding of a new comment, every laughter-filled reaction video felt like a punch in the gut. But what could I do? They were my parents. They fed me, clothed me, loved me in their own twisted way. Now you're probably wondering, how did I escape the constant eyes of the world? The answer is, I didn't. But I did get a change of scenery. In my yearbook, a sentence that still makes me laugh. Most likely to become a viral meme, written beneath my photo. The doors to college life swung open and I stepped through them, hoping to find an escape from my prank-infested past. I met Clara on the first day, an intro to psych. She was the most beautiful girl I'd ever seen, with long blonde hair and a laugh that could light up a room. Oh, you're the prank palace guy, she'd exclaim when we first met. Your parents are hilarious. It was my past, not me, that drew her in, but I was too smitten to care. I mean, look at that smile. As we started dating, there were red flags, like when she insisted on video calling my parents, or when she constantly brought up their YouTube earnings. But love, as you see, makes you see things through rose-colored glasses, doesn't it? It was one of those nights. Clara and I were in bed, the moonlight streaming through the window. She was mumbling in her sleep, something she did occasionally. Must get the money, she mumbled. It was followed by a soft snore. It sent a chill down my spine, but I brushed it off as just sleep talk. Over time, Clara started hanging out with Brad the buff dude from our psychology class. She'd laugh at his jokes a little too hard, touch his arm a little too often, but every time I brought it up, she'd brush it off. You're just being insecure, she'd say, her eyes not meeting mine. One night she came home late, reeking of Brad's cologne. That night, her sleep talk was a lot more telling. Brad, no, John can't know. The money, I'll take the money, she muttered in her sleep. Suddenly, everything fell into place. The late nights with Brad, her interest in my parents' earnings, it was all a part of her plan. She wasn't with me because she loved me. She was with me for the YouTube money, the fame, the lifestyle. And now she was planning on ditching me for Brad once they got what they wanted. But they'd messed with the wrong guy. I was a smith after all. The son of the world's greatest pranksters. If Clara wanted a prank, she'd get one. The prank of the century. The sweet nothing she murmured in her sleep now had a sinister edge to them. After another night of her rambling about easy cash and dumb pranksters, I finally decided to confront her. Clara, we need to talk. My voice sounded hollow in the silent room. She looked up from her phone, a perfect eyebrow raised in question. Is this about my sleep talking? <laughs> she laughed, a hollow, lifeless sound. John, I can't control what I say in my sleep. It's not just that, Clara. It's about you, Brad, and this plan of yours. Her face drained of color. You're absolutely delusional, Jake, she yells at me. I pulled out a series of printed emails that I'd found on her laptop, my heart pounding as I slapped them down on the table. The subject lines read, future plans, revenue split, and leaked prank videos. These are your email exchanges with Brad, I stated, trying to keep the tremor out of my voice. You two have been planning to hack into my parents' account to take their unreleased prank videos, start a rival channel, using my parents' content and popularity to draw in viewers, and then you want to divert the ad revenue into accounts you two have set up. She sputtered, shocked into silence. I felt a grim satisfaction at catching her off guard. Did you really think you could pull this off? I asked, my voice hardening. You're crazy, John. You can't prove anything. Those emails could be faked, you know? She protested, but I didn't want to hear any of it. I spent the next few days assembling my evidence, the emails and screenshots of their secret bank accounts, and compiled them into a video. Yo, Mike. I dialed my hacker friend, my voice trembling with a mix of rage and determination. I need a favor. Funny how Clara inspired my hacking idea. Mike, a guy who could hack into any network while munching on his cheeseburgers, was my only hope. I need you to hack into my parents' YouTube channel. Mike nearly choked on his burger. Are you nuts? Dude, that's illegal. 
I don't care! This is important. Can you do it or not? There was a big silence on the other end before he finally sighed. All right, man. I'm in. But remember, you owe me big time. With Mike's help, I uploaded the video to my parents' YouTube channel. It blew up. Gold Digger Exposed went viral. Millions of views until it got taken down by my parents. I took a deep breath, bracing myself as I hit the record button for the second time. This time, it wasn't to expose Clara or her nasty plans, but to expose my parents in the lifetime of humiliation they had subjected me to. Hello, Internet, I began, forcing a smile. John here. You might know me as the butt of the joke in many of my parents' prank videos. I paused, swallowing hard as I prepared to delve deeper. What you don't know is the toll those harmless pranks have taken on me. My entire life, I've been subjected to a constant stream of humiliation and embarrassment. I've been laughed at, bullied, and mocked for my parents' content. I've been hit with paint, doused in spoiled milk, left speechless by blaring air horns, and so much more every single day. The world thinks it's funny, and maybe it is from the outside looking in. But from my perspective, it's a never-ending nightmare. A nightmare that I was born into. And before you start with the they're just pranks bro argument, let me tell you that when you're the victim of just a prank every day of your life, it stops being just a prank. It's psychological torture. I uploaded the video with a lump in my throat. It didn't take long before the internet exploded. My confession resonated with a lot of people. They saw the emotion, the trauma that I had gone through, and the support messages started pouring in. As for my parents, their response was less supportive. They were livid. They uploaded a response video on their secondary channel, claiming that I was blowing things out of proportion, that they were just having fun, and that I was trying to smear their reputation for sympathy. What they didn't expect was Clara suing me for invasion of privacy. Order! Order in the court! The judge's gavel boomed through the packed room as Clara's lawyer pointed at me, his voice ringing out with accusations. John intentionally sought to tarnish my client's reputation with false claims. I'd been prepping for this. My lawyer had drilled it into me. Stay calm, present your truth, and don't let them rattle you. But nothing could have prepared me for the way my heart pounded against my chest as I stood to defend myself. Your Honor, if I may. I locked eyes with Clara, her smug smirk a sharp reminder of why I was here. I simply made public the truth. The truth of Clara's intentions and the truth of my life as my parents' unwilling clown. Laughter rippled through the courtroom at my quip, but was quickly hushed. Clara's lawyer jumped to his feet, but the judge waved him down. The evidence is clear, Your Honor, I continued, scanning the faces in the room. I turned to look at my parents, sitting stifly, their faces pale. I'm not a gold mine for you to exploit, nor a plaything for your amusement. I addressed them, ignoring the collective gasp that echoed in the room. And Clara, your plans to profit from my life at my expense are over, I announced, meeting her eyes. She shifted uncomfortably, and for the first time, I saw a crack in her confident facade. But even with the truth out, the court ruled in Clara's favor, because in the eyes of the law, she did not take her plan to the end. I exposed her before it got too far. As I pushed open the courthouse doors, I was bombarded with camera flashes and a crescendo of voices. Microphones were shoved towards me, each reporter wanting their exclusive bit. Any comments about the verdict? A reporter hollered, elbowing his way to the front. I chuckled, running a hand through my hair. You know what? I'm good. Justice may be blind, but the parents aren't. So yeah, I lost in court. But look around. I gestured to the crowd, their eyes fixated on me with a mix of awe and respect. I won in the eyes of the people. Applause rang through the crowd, whistles punctuating the air. John! 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 They chanted, my name rising and falling like a wave. The next question cut through. How do you feel about your parents' reaction? Ah, the counter video. That was something. Honestly, I think it just proves my point. They're so wrapped up in their fame. They don't see the harm they've done. John, what will you do now? Another question rang out. What will I do now? A slow grin spreading on my face. I'll live. Without pranks, without humiliation, and certainly without gold diggers. I'll live for myself. As I stepped into the waiting car, the chants of my name followed me, a triumphant anthem that filled the air. For the first time, I felt heard, seen, validated. I may have lost in the courtroom, but in the court of public opinion, I was a hero. I was finally free, and damn, did it feel good. 
Sometimes I would look up the tall skyscrapers as I walked down the city streets begging for money. I used to live in one of those. I used to have a view of the ocean, a concierge, a doorman. I tipped my valet well and he was a friend of the family. But that all feels like a lifetime ago. Now I'm alone, penniless, washing car windows and begging strangers for change for a living. It all started when I met Chelsea at a charity gala. She was the prettiest girl in the room, and I was the richest one. Hi, I'm Drake. I just thought I'd introduce myself, seeing as we'll be married soon. Chelsea laughed at my cheesy line, but it worked. A year later, we got married at a cathedral in Spain. We flew our friends and family over. We had a ceremony filled with luxury. A whole orchestra, ten pairs of swans, white flowers bedecked the whole place. And yet, as soon as the wedding was over, all Chelsea did was complain. I mean, sure, Bali is Bali, but isn't it a bit uninspired for a honeymoon? Half the people here are Australians. I wish you'd have taken me to Switzerland or Cape Town. You're Drake Nathans for crying out loud. All of Hollywood is at your feet and you take me to Bali? She said this as she sipped on a $100 drink while lounging on a yacht next to a private tropical island. Chelsea's appetites were insatiable. She bought everything she fancied. Five years after our wedding, there were still clothes, bags, and necklaces that she bought with my money on our honeymoon that she hadn't even worn once. Chelsea quit her job the moment we got home and became a professional leech. All she did was attend celebrity parties and flirt with guys twice her age. She complained that I didn't give her a big enough allowance and didn't buy her expensive gifts. Meanwhile, she used my card to go on shopping sprees and to treat her girlfriends to lavish vacations. When she had our kids, the spending only got worse. She was never home, and I had to take care of the kids myself, even when I was filming. The kids loved it, though. But one day, I came home and Chelsea was gone, and so were the kids. My paintings, my statues, my cars, all gone. My safe was emptied, and the bank account was drained. I heard she ran off with some young model she met at a party, and no matter how much I spent on private investigators, they couldn't find her. I wouldn't have minded being poor if I had my kids, but she took them, and she didn't even care about them. Then, she had someone deliver a message. She would only give my kids back if I sent her money. Lots of it. I sold what I could. I borrowed from the bank, but no matter how much I sent, my kids never appeared. I worked as much as I could, but the financial hole Chelsea left in me was too vast. And soon, I was deep in debt. The banks took my house, they took everything that I had left, and I became a pauper. I had to live on the streets. It was tough at first. My friends tried to help, but Chelsea told everyone I was a bad father and that I did unspeakable stuff to her. Nobody believed me when I denied her lies. I was alone in the world. People who passed me by would recognize me and insult me. They would take photos and make memes about how low I sank. After a while, people moved on, and the world forgot about Drake Nathans. The only way I could really make money was teaching self-defense and martial arts classes. It was at least one skill from my acting career that could make stable money. I was on my way to interview for a job when I saw a commotion break out. A girl wearing copious amounts of jewelry was running down the street, and three crooks were running after her. They cornered her in an alley, and I ran through traffic, dodged and jumped over cars just to get there in time. One of them already had the girl in his grasp. And don't move. If you come any closer, she's a goner. You don't want to get tangled up in this, homeless guy. Run along. Here's a dollar. The guy tossed a bunch of coins at my face, but I caught one and threw it back straight at him. While they were all shocked, I swiped the first guy with my feet and he fell to the ground. I elbowed the other one in the gut and he doubled over. And then I ran at the wall and used that to jump behind the third guy. I grabbed his arm and put it behind his back. The girl was free. You're safe now, miss. Suddenly, ten guys in suits came rushing towards us. Two of them grabbed my arms and pushed me to the ground. Princess, are you alright? 
Princess? Shut up, you lowlife. Did these guys hurt you, Princess? Hudson, call the cops. We'll need to investigate who's behind this. I, I'm sorry, but the guy you're holding down, he's not with them. He's the one that saved me. Suddenly, I was being helped up. The guys apologized, and the princess asked if there was anything she could do to thank me. That was when one of the guards recognized me. Holy, that's Drake Nathans. Dude. Drake Nathans? Who's that? The princess drove me to her mansion in the city, and she had someone bring me fresh clothes. She housed me in her guest house and fed me, and when I had rested, she summoned me to her room. She had spent the whole night watching all my movies. She listened to my story, and she pitied me. And so, as a reward for saving her, she made me her personal trainer and martial arts instructor. I taught her judo, and there were times where her face would come so close to mine and she would grab my arm to disarm me, and it made all the maids watching us blush. One time, she lost her balance, and her lips landed on my neck. I had goosebumps all over, and we both jumped back in embarrassment. Hands off her, you! I looked around and saw the princess's fiancé. Aren't you being too comfortable touching the princess like that? Oh, he didn't mean it. I... I fell. Nevertheless, a peasant shouldn't be touching a princess. You should make him wear gloves. You, servant, go fetch me some tea. The princess and I have something to discuss. But the princess's lessons are unimportant compared to the royal wedding. I was dismissed, and that night the princess came to me crying. She had no desire to marry Kirin, especially because when they were young, Kirin told her she was ugly. But now that she was going to be queen, he used his family's influence to get engaged to her. Nobody liked the guy. Even the guards would have hit him already if he wasn't a lord. He treated everyone as if he owned them. And I didn't want the princess to end up with a guy like that. But princess, I can't do anything about it. I'm not a princess. I'm just Kate when I'm with you. You make me happy. You're the one I want to marry. She took my face and kissed me. And for three long, infinite seconds, I felt heaven. It wasn't just in my head. She was in love with me too. See? You can do something about it. If you love me, take me with you. You have to take me out of here. I didn't want to put Kate's life in that position. But when I overheard Kieran confess that it was him who sent those thugs after Kate, everything changed. Kate's safety was at stake, and I did the one thing that I knew would protect her. We ran. And for months, Kieran's thugs hunted us. Kate and I sent coded messages back to the palace to tell everyone we were okay, and our guards gathered evidence for what Kieran did. One night, while we were in one of our hideouts, the stars were so beautiful that Kate and I decided to go for a walk on the beach. The waves were so tall, and the boats were camouflaged, so we didn't hear them approach. Suddenly, we were surrounded by Kieran's thugs. I fought them off one by one, but I was running out of steam. Kate began sobbing from hopelessness, and just when I couldn't fight anymore, a bright light shone on us from above. Soldiers rappelled down the beach, and one by one, Kieran's thugs were apprehended. Princess, I'm so glad we got here in time. We were saved. The palace couldn't prove that Kieran had had bad motives, and so they basically used us as bait. But it all worked out in the end, and Kieran was taken to prison. Our story became a spectacle. The whole world wanted to know our stories. Someone even made a movie out of it, starring me. Finally, I was back in Hollywood, and my stardom was restored. At the movie's premiere, I felt someone grab my arm. I was pulled back, and immediately guards surrounded us. I looked back and saw my ex-wife behind the barricades, and she had my kids. They were all grown up. We lost it all. Ran, ran out of money. I've been raising them on my own all this time. Please, please help me. Sir, do you know this woman? I looked her up and down and then I smiled. No, I don't know this woman. The Chelsea I knew would have never worn a dress with holes in them. She would have worn makeup and she would have had jewels everywhere. She might claim to be my wife, but she's not. Those are my kids, though. Let them in. Chelsea begged to be let in with our sons. 
but I just ignored her. I'm sorry. Take me back. We can be married again. I looked at her one last time. Marry you? When I have a princess as my fiance? Kate showed everyone the sapphire ring I gave her, and as the paparazzi cameras flashed all around us, we kissed. Hi, my name's Liam, and my story will blow you away. I grew up in an unsupportive home. My parents were always too busy to care for me, even though I was an only child. My dad was caught up in his job, and my mom was always busy with her social life. The only time they seem to take notice of me is when they tell me off. You won't go anywhere if you can't ace your tests. A B-plus is not enough. It's impossible for someone like you to get a good job if you stay like that. No matter how hard I tried, there's just no pleasing them. One time, I scored perfect on an important exam. The teacher and all my classmates praised me. I felt so happy I couldn't wait to let my parents know. Your parents must be so proud to have such a smart young boy like you. I felt a lump form in my throat. Yes, uh, they are. <laughs> That's all I've ever wanted. Maybe now, Mom and Dad will appreciate me at this time. As soon as the bell rang, I bid my friends goodbye and ran for the school doors with the biggest smile on my face. When I got home, Mom was on the phone and Dad was working on his laptop. I hurriedly announced the good news at the top of my lungs. Only one test? Stop shouting! Can't you see I'm talking to someone? Your dad's right. You need to do more than that. My heart sank. I I'm sorry... I'll try to do better next time. <sighs> my head hung low as I slowly walked upstairs to my room. I didn't even touch my dinner that night. Holding back my tears, I swore to myself, One day, I'll show them one day. I studied my butt off day and night. My friends were all worried about me every time they saw me. I looked so pale and thin as if I don't eat. Dark circles hugged my eyes, and I spoke too slow that girls avoided me. Ugh, what is wrong with him? He looks like a zombie! I heard his parents don't take care of him. He must be losing his mind. Being stared at and ridiculed became a daily thing at school. Some kids would throw stones at me when I tried to eat lunch outside. I acted unbothered. I'd rather be embarrassed alone than have my friends get shamed just by sitting next to me in the cafeteria. Oh, it sure was a nightmare for me. I thought of rebelling, but I didn't want to prove my parents right. I continued working hard. Playing or having any sort of fun wasn't on my schedule. Only getting excellent grades filled my mind. It took a toll on me, though. My body got so weak it could no longer keep up with me. I started failing my studies. Mom found out and immediately told my dad. I got slapped in the face. I gave my best for nothing. It doesn't matter what I do. They won't ever treat me as their child. I wondered if I was a mistake. What if they didn't want to have me but had no other choice? I planned to run away. Summer came. Dad went on a business trip and Mom was out of town. I packed my bag with clothes, food, and money I had saved up. I wasn't sure how long I could manage, but I was going to live in a different city and find a cheap place to stay for a few days. I'd find a job somehow and earn enough to get by. They probably won't even bother to look for me. I'll finally have the freedom I deserve. I made a note saying I wanted two-month vacation in the countryside. I don't know if they'll buy it. All I know is they wouldn't worry as much as other normal parents would. I carried my bag and stepped out into the night. It was so quiet. I pulled my cap lower as I scanned the streets. No one was around, and I could tell the neighbors were all indoors with their lights on. I began walking quickly, looking straight ahead of me. I was only three blocks away from my house when I heard a sound. Psst. I looked to my left. There, under the faint glow of a nearby street lamp, a familiar face was looking at me. Where are you going, Liam? 
It was my best friend, Jill. I rushed over to her side, making sure no one could see us. Please, don't tell anyone. I'm going away for a while. Going where? For how long? I'm sorry, I I really can't tell you. She put a hand on my shoulder. You don't have to hide anything from me. You know you can trust me. I let out a big sigh. <sighs> All right. I'm moving to another town. I don't think I can take it anymore, Jill. Jill's my best friend. She understands me and knows exactly what I've been going through. Don't. I know a place where you can stay. Before I could say a word, she pulled me and half ran toward a cab coming in our direction. Are you mad? I whispered loudly as she waved to get the driver's attention. An hour later, we reached a dark road surrounded by trees. Jill asked the cab driver to stop. What the heck is this shady location? After we hopped off, I took a glance at my watch. It was 10pm and we were in the middle of nowhere! Where are we? I trust you with all my heart, but this looks like the perfect setting for a murder! Jill just chuckled. <laughs> Wait till you see it! She turned on her phone's flashlight and started making a path through the untamed grass. I could only hope there were no snakes or bears as we trudged on the unknown forest soil. Finally, we made it to a clearing. I couldn't believe my eyes. Standing in the middle of the woods was a luxurious cottage. It looked like it just came out of a storybook. Jill said the cottage was a birthday gift from her rich uncle. It was a secret hideaway no one else knew about. She only went there when she needed to unwind. And after showing me inside, she handed over the keys and told me she had to be home soon. She said I could stay for as long as I needed. Oh, what luck I had. It was a dream living in that place. At last, I had space to breathe and let myself enjoy away from any expectations. Jill always came by whenever she could to bring food and to hang out with me. She also helped me try painting again. A hobby I had to neglect to please mom and dad. Education was all that mattered to them. Days flew by and before I knew it, I had become quite good at my hobby. Jill kept encouraging me to post my work online so much that I eventually gave in. To my surprise, a lot of people liked my art. We watched as the likes and shares increased each week. After some planning, we tried to sell the paintings. Some of them as art prints. Before we knew it, my art was everywhere. Videos, articles, social media accounts. The list goes on. I even began earning through merchandise. That wasn't the best part, though. I was busy working on my latest painting when an email notification popped up on my screen. It didn't come from my usual contacts. I wanted to check it out later, but curiosity got the best of me. I opened the unread mail and saw a message I could only dream of. It was from a famous art website I've been a fan of for years. They were asking if I could allow them to feature my artwork. My eyes welled up with tears. It's like a huge weight was lifted off my back. For the first time in my life, I was acknowledged for my efforts. I felt like I was finally... accepted. As I was absorbed in my thoughts, I heard Jill's voice at the door. Liam! There was urgency in her voice. I quickly got out of the room. She was leaning against the wall, clearly out of breath. What happened? Are you alright? They're looking for you! The joy I was experiencing just a few seconds ago disappeared into thin air. Jill told me my parents were getting suspicious of my whereabouts. They can't get any information from anyone. When they asked her, she said she knew about my vacation but didn't know the location. I got worried. Mainly not for myself, but for Jill. I don't want to get her in trouble. I instructed Jill to act natural and insist that she knows nothing because I told her not to let anyone know where I was going. Weeks passed. Summer vacation was almost over. I didn't hear much about my parents anymore. They probably gave up on me as I expected. While I was planning what to do next, I got a job from the website that featured my artwork. 
One night, as I was surfing the nets, I stumbled upon an online art competition. It was a sponsored event by some of the most well-known organizations in the country to raise awareness about the youth's struggles and show what they have to offer to the world. The grand prize includes $100,000 plus an opportunity to work for a highly acclaimed museum. This is it, I said to myself. It's time to let everyone know what I'm capable of. Sleepless nights and early mornings filled my routine. I did my duties during the day and worked on my paintings at night. The desire to not go back to my old life burning myself out for nothing fueled me. I no longer wanted to deprive myself of happiness just to please my parents, who could care less what I do. It's only a losing battle. The most anticipated day arrived. The day of the competition. Jill cheered me on as I submitted my entry. Don't forget to treat me to dinner when you win. Even if you don't get the grand prize, one thing is for sure. You have a bright future ahead of you. I looked up at Jill with teary eyes. She looked like an angel with her golden locks cascading down her shoulders and her face glowing as the sunlight beamed through the window. I've always admired how beautiful she was inside and out. Thank you, Jill. You've always been there for me. I'm sorry I couldn't show how much I appreciate you. I was too busy being a sad boy. <laughs> it's nothing. I just care about you. For real. Well, I care about you too, you know? My heart was beating so fast when it struck me. I've been in love with my best friend all along. I was about to confess my feelings when a book fell on the floor, scaring the living daylights out of us. It took a few seconds before we realized we were holding on to each other. We both gave a nervous laugh as we quickly pulled away. <laughs> what was that? I hope it's not a bad sign. <laughs> yeah, uh, I hope so too. <laughs> uh, look at the time. We should... Probably get some shut-eye to prepare for tomorrow. Yes! Oh, wow! It's almost dark! See you tomorrow, then. I'll be here once they send you the results. Wait for me, okay? I gave her my promise and waved goodbye as she went out the door. <sighs> I'll tell you soon. The next day, I woke up reminding myself I would continue pursuing my dreams no matter what happens. I beat my chest and got out of bed. I was about to head for the kitchen when Jill appeared from behind the wall looking at me with a silly grin. I went over to my laptop, which was already half open on the table. I read the big words on the screen. Congratulations! Oh, I couldn't finish reading the rest because my vision got blurry. The next thing I remember is crying like a baby on the floor. <sighs> I did it! My pain and hard work paid off! In the end, it was all worth it. Never in a million years would I think I could face my mom and dad with a proud heart. I'll be coming back home in a couple of days. But I had one wish left. I wanted to keep living a free life just as I have in Jill's cottage. I can't afford to risk my parents getting in the way of my happiness and my dreams. However... I wanted to let the cottage remain a hideaway for Jill and find a nice little place of my own. I was checking out some apartments near our school one afternoon when I ran into our neighbor, Bill. He's the one who lives in the gorgeous Victorian-style mansion close to our house. Liam, how are you? Hi, Bill. Uh, I'm okay. Just got back from the countryside. He gave me a gentle pat on the back. I know about your parents. They aren't too easy to please, are they? I smiled inside a little. Yeah, I'm planning to move out soon. I hope they don't mind too much. Bill's eyes widened. You're moving out? Good for you! Have you saved up enough? I shrugged. Well, I was lucky to get an online job. And I also won an art competition recently. Wow! Are you the one who won the grand prize for that sponsored competition? 
I shyly nodded. That's awesome! I knew you were a talented boy. You deserve to be recognized. His eyes lit up even more. If you haven't found a place to stay yet, uh, why don't you buy mine instead? My jaw literally dropped. Did I hear that right? Yes. Bill said he was going to move abroad for work, and he's been thinking about selling the mansion. He offered me a huge, huge discount. This wouldn't be possible anywhere else. It was a beautiful, warm morning when I arrived at our neighborhood. I was surprised to see all my friends and neighbors welcome me as I stepped out of the cab. Turns out, Jill organized the whole thing. Word about my recent feat spread like wildfire, too. Bill was standing there next to my mom and dad, who looked like they were trying their best to make eye contact with me while smiling awkwardly. They had no choice but to let me move out, since I was almost 18 and I just won a prestigious competition. Feeling emotional, I rubbed the back of my head and thanked everyone. I gave Jill a big hug and confessed my feelings for her. She gasped and told me she felt the same. We shared a sweet kiss, like no one was watching. I can honestly say that I'm proud of the person I've become. If I gave up too soon, I would have never known that I was born to make a difference as I am. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 